Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You brought your birds But I have a message For you today That when you leave here Won't be the same So you tell me you've been to your position. That should have been no shame in your condition. Revelation that God is able to surprise 
Welcome back to Learners Lounge Thursday. Tonight is the 13th of April, 2023. We're in the Apple Valley Studio, and you just heard, I have received. The song is called Broken, But I'm Healed by gospel great Byron K. You heard it here. Broken, But I'm Healed. He came out with that song 15 years ago. Still resonates with me on today. That song speaks to those that are sick, those that are shut in, those that are feeling indifferent due to stadium discomfort in their lives. This song 
broken, but I'm healed. Because even though we're still broken and shattered and torn into pieces, God will make us whole again. And that's what the song is trying to convey. So welcome back again to Learners Lounge Thursday. We're back for yet another Thursday night. Um, our bishop is in the studio in a few moments. He'll be ready to to do what thus saith the Lord. So we're elated for all of those of you in Radio Land that have decided to join us tonight. We are just so elated and grateful that you support us. We have been on this broadcast come October 10th, 13 years. Yep, you heard it live from me. 13 years we have been on the broadcast, and we're going to be on here another successful 13 years if the Lord says the same. But so far, in the first 13 coming up, Come October, if, you know, we continue on through October, it'll be our 13 years. The Lord, if he says the same, like he's been meeting us here in the room, in the studio, God is everything. And I can tell you right now that God is a miracle worker. God calls on who he will. God has who he has to do his work, his due diligence. And this is so elated and grateful that you guys can be here with us tonight. We are officially in over 67 countries all over the world. People can hear us from all the way from the United States to Africa, the North and South Pole, everywhere above and beyond Africa, China. You know, we have Taiwan, Philippines. We just have Mexico, Cuba. We have so many places across the globe. 67 countries strong due to God's unmerited favor for this broadcast. And because of you that listen in to the broadcast, you shared our show. And then on Sunday, you tune in on Facebook to Blessings Our Grace Radio. That page, because of you, the page itself has grown tremendously. We've reached more than 85,000 people since 2020 when COVID happened. March 23rd, 2020 was our first official online broadcast. For our, for our online church during COVID. And since then, we're still building an online presence. We're still trying to build an online church. For those of you sick and shut in, that might can get on social media, but don't have the ability to get into the storehouse. This is why we do the Sunday broadcast. And when I tell you that church is everything, I mean, church is everything from, from the choir singing those great songs to praise and work, from praise and worship starting off, prayer and praise and worship, kicking off the service, to the choir with the beautiful music, and that's the tone that's being set for the man of God to come in and for him to break down the walls to us and give us what this life he'll do tonight and very quickly. Now, of course, it is my time for the inspiration, and I just want to let y'all know that in the coming weeks, on certain days, you will hear me, 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 your inspiration is. I will do a segment called Inspiration. And the same like I do Wednesdays and Thursdays, I will figure out some topics that God leads me to. I will pray on it first. And then I'll just inspire you guys for 30 minutes with some some lovely inspiration that I find. Um, our bishop has asked me what I'd be comfortable. And I think I could be for 30 minutes, you know, to talk to you guys about some inspiration. You know, if you guys have anything specific you'd like me to research to where God can lead me to inspire you, I can do that. So that's just coming up in the next few weeks. Um, there are some other surprises for the rest of the second half of our year that you guys will be privy to. Once I get the calendar set up, you're going to know. And now that we're done with all of the housekeeping, all of the everything of that announcement spectrum, now I'm going to be doing inspiration on Acts 12 and 1 and what does it mean. So initially what Acts 12 and 1 does say, 
and I'll be kind of quickly because Dr. Moore does have a word for us. But when we talk about Acts 12 and 1, it says, Now about the time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Now, if you want to know what that means, it means that there were two people by the name of Barnabas and Saul, and they were spreading Jesus' story. That means they were telling the life of Jesus in the Syrian Antioch. That was the church in Jerusalem. And during that time, Jerusalem was facing perhaps the greatest threat. Now, if you fast, if you rewind back to Acts chapter 9, you know, it talks about where there was a threat against Jerusalem. And the reason why, because back in the old days, you believed in Christ. If you believed in religion in general, even now today in this dispensation, some people can't believe in Jesus in these other countries. They get shunned. They get hurt, put in jail. They get put in torment because they believe in Jesus. Now, Joseph explains that Herod the Agrippa, um, which was a grandson of Herod the Great and the son of, of Archibald, he did spend his formative years to be in Rome first, and that might have been under the Roman Emperor Caesar at the time, first under the protection of Tiberius, and then getting into trouble and regularly um, allowing his wife Cyprus to bail him out. He switched to his um, allegiance to Caliga and was only saved by Tiberius when Tiberius died, and Caliga was made Caesar. So there we go. When you think about back in Jesus' day, everybody had to listen and adhere to Caesar. Caesar was like like Obama or Joe Biden, the president, or Donald Trump. We have to listen to what the lawmakers have here. Caesar was a lawmaker back in the day. This is way back in those days when you're talking about Saul and Barnabas and people of that nature. And then, of course, there also was northeast of Galilee. There was an arranged for the exile of Antipas, the self-styled Herod, who, who did kill John the Baptist and gain Galilee and Perea across the Jordan River. So basically what this is talking about, they're just talking about a time where the hands were vexed up to the church. So you got Barnabas, you got Saul, you got so many people back in the old days in the Bible who believed of a greater than them, like um, John the Baptist said, I'm not fit. There is another one coming greater than I. And when Jesus came on the scene, John the Baptist felt that he wasn't worthy, even though that was, if you want some truth, or we say technicality, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins in the sense of because Mary, mother of Jesus, and then John the Baptist, I think his mother's name was Elizabeth, they were, they were cousins. So that made, if I'm not mistaken, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins in the literal sense how we say right now. But in reality, we know because Jesus, who died on the cross for our sin, he was a spiritual entity, then, then it may not have been a cousin. But, if you, but what we're saying tonight, or what I'm saying, rather, is that they were a family relation. And even when Jesus walked the face of the earth, he did say that he wasn't fit enough to do what Jesus could do. So he wanted people to know that there was someone greater coming. And the greater did come later. And when the later came, we now have a right to the tree of life. We have this second opportunity to get it right. Not only to get it right, but we have a second opportunity to go into heaven, live out the prophecy when our Father said, where I go there, you may be also. When he said he goes to prepare a place for us, that right there says it all, a room that has many mentions where we're able to walk around heaven all day. That is beautiful. And if you don't know, now you know. 
Thank you for listening to Inspiration Thursday. Hopefully some things that I talk about, it will inspire you. Hopefully it will at least inspire you to go read stuff for yourself and get your own stuff from inspiration. But right now it's time for the real work because, remember, I'm not the preacher nor the teacher. I just like to find something interesting, and I just like to inspire you with what I find. But if you like what I find, then read it for yourself and get your own understanding. And if you want something different, you're more than welcome to let me know what you'd like me to read next so I can hopefully inspire you with something in addition to what you're learning here on the Wednesday and Thursday night broadcast in general. But ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Russell Moore, he's ready to teach and preach to you the word of God. God bless everybody. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. Amen, amen. We just heard a word, amen, a knowledge, amen, to a couple of my own daughters tonight on her inspirational program, Inspiring You, amen, is to read and study the word of God for yourself. Praise the Lord. It is always good to be inspired by God's word. We're coming to you tonight, amen, again, by the way of radio, thanking the Lord, amen, for allowing us to be of the living just one more time. We don't bring sometime, amen, we're up and sometime we're down and I just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we are so grateful to be back, amen, in Radio Land tonight and for your proud and your support of this gospel. We preach is not about amen, a denomination, but it's about Jesus Christ and him Amen. And that he risen from the dead on the third. This is the gospel that we preach. We are under the apostle doctrine, Jesus Christ is chief cornerstone. God bless you. Amen. Land everywhere tonight. We are briefly going to go into the word of God tonight. Amen. Uh, we're going to come to you tonight. Praise the Lord. Hoping to inspire you. Praise the Lord with the word of God. We're going to come to you from the book of St. Luke, chapter 18, verse 18 and verse 24. Um, man, 6, 31, 33. And our last one will be Colossians 3, 1. Luke, amen, Dr. Luke, written rich. Ruler, I see him saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, 
He said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Tell all that thou hangest, and distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that, he was very sorrowful. He said, how hard that they have richness enter into the kingdom of God. Matthew began to pick it up and said, Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherein shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Colossians 3, 1 and 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. We want to continue to talk about tonight. It is essential to put God first in our lives. He must be honest above all. In order to give him properly honor, he must be first in our submission, in our love, and in our faith. Putting God first in our lives is the question that I would put to you tonight. Is God first in your life? Is he your first priority? Putting God first means that you have submitted to do what he has told you to do and not what you want to do with yourself. I find out, amen, this is a very vital question in our Christian atmosphere. We also talk about loving Jesus, but where is Jesus at in your life? Mark 12 and 30 says, 
and thou shalt love the Lord, love him, thou God, with all of thine heart. I can stop and pause there tonight, and I believe you would have to stop and examine yourself. Do you love him with all of your heart? Do you love him with all of your soul and with all of our mind? If few people can really be truthfully saying that they really love the Lord with all of their heart, all of their soul, and all of their mind, I don't care, amen, how long they've been in churches, very few people can you can find that they can really say that out of a pure heart that they love God with all of it. And with all of our strength, loving with all your strength, it is amazing what I'm experiencing through this Christianity time. As we go to church and we call out there praising God, it's very little strength that we give up today. We barely want to clap our hands and really say, thank you, Jesus. That is far from loving God with every ounce, everything that you have within you, when you really know the meaning of loving the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Putting God's kingdom first. Is God's kingdom the first thing in your life? Here Jesus was a man testing a young man, young man, young men, young women, and went out into the world and got a lavish education, knowing what the world required for them to be something of somebody in the world. They went got that stimulus. They know what the world requires. And Jesus asked this young man a vital question as he asked him the young people today. Put in God's kingdom first. Is this what you do? Do you put God's kingdom first? Or do you really have time even for God's kingdom? We are so preoccupied with a man trying to build our own kingdom until sometimes we don't have very much time for God's kingdom at all. The principle of the kingdom of life. You must apply that to you. You've got to have some principles of the kingdom of life. The kingdom ways. You've got to have the kingdom ways. Are not our ways. The kingdom ways is not man's ways. Putting God first, commanded it first. If you're going to put God first, you got to put amen, this commandment first in your life. And if you are not done, that you're not operating out of a pure heart and sincereness to God. You're just telling the Lord, I love you, but you're really amen. Telling God, I love you to a certain point. No, 
When the Lord got ready to die on the cross, he didn't give us a certain point. He gave it up all for us. Putting God first through faith. Do we exercise our faith first? Do we put God first or do we try to work it out of our own self? We're very intelligent, amen, in this day and time. we got some very intelligent, educated people, amen, within the world. Are you trying to work it all out by yourself? You don't need God? Well, let me tell you, you may be educated, but you're not as educated as God is. And you never will be. I'm talking about humanity. From the very beginning, God commanded that he has put first in the lives of his people. No individual can lay claim to be in righteous relationship to God without first adhering to a relationship that put God above self. Are you just put God above yourself? Do you let the Lord lead you or are you trying to lead your own self? You got to put you got to put God above everything. And I think, amen, that's where we make so many mistakes at, amen. We don't put God above everything. We've got to have a relationship. I wonder, do you really understand what it means by having a relationship? I'm not talking about knowing the name of God or calling on the name of God, but I'm talking about have you have you have a personal, intimate relationship with God? You must have that kind of relationship with the Lord in order to put everything in his hand first. It is not the reason, amen, of selfishness that God demands to be put first in the life of a believer. God is not selfish. Rather, it is quite the opposite. Should God choose not to require that he be first in our life? Should not, amen, God require that he should be first in our life? He is the source of our lives. He will relinquish his position as sovereignty, which would contradict his being God. Since man is human, he needs God's rulership over him. Since we are human and God is divine, we need a man, somebody that is much more knowledgeable than we are. 
And that's God himself. That is Jesus Christ, who came down to set an example for mankind. Our life comes from God. Our life comes from God. With God, we don't have no life. In him we may live. In him we may have life and have it more abundantly, but it's got to be through him. Therefore, without him, man can not exist. Did you realize the scene in my brother and sister? With all of Amen, your PhD and Amen, DDs and ever what else, without God, we cannot exist. Look how important it is. Is to put God first, foremost in our lives. That's why James says, "If it be the Lord's will, I'll do this tomorrow or the next day." Because, amen, tomorrow is not promised to you. Even the doctor can give you a good uh, report on your health, but that don't mean you're going to live. And you can be in the goodest, best shape, amen, that human can, amen, be in, but it don't mean you're going to live. Putting God first. It's so important in our day and time, amen, that we are living in God's, amen, rule. Man rushes towards his own misery and destruction in sensible activity and by deceit, idleness. For this reason, God commanded, God commanded, I am the Lord thy God. Do you have him? Amen. Is, is he is, is he is he the Lord your God? Thou shalt not have other gods before me. How many other gods tonight have you got before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? How many? The Bible says, thou shalt have no other God, or no graven image, or no such likeness. But how many other gods you got? How many wives you got besides one? How many idols that you have that you worship in? For I am the Lord thou God, am a jealous God. Did you know, amen, God is jealous? Not jealous like we jealous, amen, but God is jealous because he loved you. Exodus, the 20th chapter, verse 2, 3, and 5. Unless you know, amen, that God is a jealous God. God has blessed us to come into this world and allowed us to repopulate the earth. And yet, amen, we won't put him first. God is jealous. You can go to church every Sunday, 
every day out of the week, and you don't obey the Lord God and see us jealous. Well, the same read that Jesus taught. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6 and 63. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is what amen he was telling the rich young ruler. Seek first the kingdom of God. All of all the commandments is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. How many gods are you serving tonight? How many gods are you serving? I'm talking about Christians. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We don't have but one, 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 one God tonight. We don't serve but one God. And in our dispensation of time that we are living in, the Bible says, amen, in Matthew 1, 21, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. We have one God. That's another story to get into, amen to understand who Jesus really is. But here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart. Come on, church. How much you have gave up for the Lord tonight? And with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. Mark 12, 29, and 30. Putting God first. Think about it. Are you putting God first? Well, amen. you putting everything else. Your job, your children, your wife, your education, your vacation. Are you putting everything first before you put God? Putting God first. Therefore, if some thing, amen, that a Christian should do, no, is it just some lofty goal of high ideals that is utterly unattainable in the practice sense? On the contrary, putting God first is. The primary mandate of divine law of his kingdom, the kingdom of God. To fail to do so is to exercise oneself from being subject to the king of kings. We are consistent in this. Some of the foundations and essential ways the Christian must put God first. You got Amen. You can. We are living in this world, but Jesus said 
We're not of this world. Are we really putting the Lord first in our life? Stop tonight, Christian, and examine yourself and see whether you are keeping the commandments of Jesus as he has told us. And do you love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might? I can hear the echo back in my mind, and I can hear some people respond and say, Preacher, you know what? I love Jesus, but you know, the way you said, I don't love him with everything that you are saying. Well, I'm going to say to you, while the blood is running warm in your veins, you still got time to repent. And ask God to give you the strength to love him the way that we ought to love him. And that is with everything we have. Putting God first. Putting God's kingdom first. But seek first, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6 and 33. God knows what we need even before we ask him. He knows and he said he will supply our every need with his riches and glory. If you seek him first, he said all of these things shall be added unto you. You won't have to lie, and you won't have to steal, and you won't have to be contrary to his will. All you've got to seek do is to seek and give you what you need. Sometimes we be wanting out of wants to be fulfilled, but God says, I'll supply you every need. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here. Uh, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 17, 20 and 21. You can't see the kingdom of God with your natural eye. But now the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom, the power of the Holy Ghost is now within us. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, not going somewhere having a, a good time and a party, but the kingdom of God is power. It is peace. It is joy over in the Holy Ghost. If you can maintain these things in your life, you can maintain the kingdom of God within you. Oh, bless his name, Jesus. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is an inner spiritual kingdom that is invisible to the natural eye and to the natural intelligence. He added admonishing his followers to seek the kingdom first before anything else. As the following him, the disciples became aware that Jesus had an invisible inner strength and power. So you got to have that invisible inner strength and power. You, the kingdom of God has come. 
Jesus says in Acts, amen, 8-1, after that you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall have power, heavenly power. That anointing power, that dormant power. When you receive that, you are under the authority and under the spirit of Jesus Christ. Are you putting the Lord first in your life? When you stand before him, will he be able to say, you put me first? Or will he be able to say, I don't know you because your work has been in iniquity? Which one of them is he going to say? While the blood is running warm in your veins, my brothers and my sisters, old men, young men, amen, middle age, put Jesus first in your life. You've got to have that inwardly strength and power. When they when they sense that he drew upon his power through prayer, they requested that he teach them to pray. When Jesus prayed, he didn't just pray. That was an inwardly strength were drawn in prayer. He knew how to get a hope to God in prayer. Oh, Shandala, That anointing would come. A change would come over the flesh. They saw this. Then they observed it. The disciples, teach us how to pray. And I think, amen, in our terms of spiritually admonishing the Lord, Amen. Tonight, we need to say those same words. Lord, teach. You teach me how to pray. Because my prayers don't seem to be affected like your prayers were. And if you said cheerfully and honestly, Jesus would give you that image of strength. And he would give you that anointing. He would give you that power that you will be able to cast out demons. Amen, in Jesus' name. When, amen, amen, they required, they requested, amen, that he teach them to pray. His response by giving them an example is in which we are to pray for God's kingdom to come. Thou kingdom come, Luke. 11 and 2. Thou kingdom come. Have the kingdom of God came to you? Well, then it came to me. Thou kingdom come. Jesus told it clearly that the amen kingdom of God is the fundamental source of all spiritual life and strength. And that his followers to partake of of his eternal source. The kingdom of God ought to have been a came unto you. And when the kingdom of God comes unto you, it makes a change in your life. You won't seek the things of the world, but you will begin to seek the things, amen, that is above. The earthly things will not mean that much to you, even when living in this world. 
We have a kingdom that we now is seeking. Amen. That is have much more standards, higher standards than what the world has. A principles of God's kingdom life. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he taught that we must pray for God rule over our life. Is that what you're praying for? Are you praying for God to rule over your life? Don't many of us want God to rule over our life and it's proven out to us every day of our lives, amen, when we see a great falling away because we don't want God to rule over our lives. Satan has come in with his cunning and septile uh, uh, trickery and amen, he's making the believers, amen, to think that, that, that we don't need God. But without God, it ain't nothing we can do. Don't fool yourself. A kingdom entails, amen, a system of a government, of authority, amen. A kingdom entails a system of government authority, amen. In God's kingdom, we have some rules and we have some regulations that we have to abide by. We are under God's kingdom. Scriptures, amen, refer to these uh, principles as the law, the testimony, the statute that commands and the judgment of God. Psalm 1979, to really seek first the kingdom of God, we must acknowledge God as king and ruler of our life. Are you doing that tonight? Is he is he king? And is he ruler over your life? If he's not king and he is not ruler over your life, I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, you are not walking under the principles that God has set for us to walk under. We don't belong to ourselves, the Bible tells us. We have been bought with a price. Jesus has paid for our soul. Putting God first, we must be willing to learn obedience through the submission of our carnal nature to his divine nature. We must learn, amen, obedience. Listen, Jesus learned obedience through the death of the cross. Not that he had sin or did nothing wrong, but he learned obedience. For what he had to go through with, he learned how to be submission unto the Spirit of God. Are you learning anything tonight? Are you learning to be, oh, amen, uh, submit your life unto Jesus? Not as I will, but Lord, thou will be done. Or are you just going to church, carrying on the activities, but you ain't submitting yourself to the will of God? Kingdom ways are not our ways. Listen to me, children. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts, 
than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, letting you know that the Lord himself don't think like us. We can't think like God. Even I know Jesus said, let this mind be in you, which was also in piety. But you've got to, amen, submit yourself to the Lord. You've got to submit yourself to the leading of his Holy Spirit in order for that mind to be in you. You've got to crucify this old flesh every day and every hour in order for that mind to be in you. Divine principles, amen, of the kingdom of God versus different from the natural law of this life. Many people have come, amen, to view the pursuing thing in this life from the vanished point of self-esteem and self-glory. But such self-promotion is too often leading into Greed in the human society, even the natural, natural life. is being and broken in order to gain material possession and accelerate. It seems that human being generated to present a particular image of self that they might be that they believe will bring the best potion, the most material being. Other words to say amen self that got in the way of the will of God. We we want to present something to the Lord is not what God is requiring. You can't present yourself, Amen, enough to the Lord. You, you we too filthy. I did say all our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyesight of the Lord. The only way, Amen, you can be. Satisfied in God's sight or glorified in God's sight, you've got to submit yourself to his will. Humble yourself before the almighty God. We see, amen, the different, amen, uh, the human law of this, amen, world and those of God's kingdom is illustrated by the word and the life of Jesus as he dealt with the disciples on this subject. Amen. God will let the disciples know, my ways ain't like your ways. Now, you going to follow me. Amen. You're going to be uh, coming under my submission. You're going to have to change. On one occasion, two of the disciples, amen, they desired, amen, that the Lord would allow one of them to sit on his right hand and the other one on his left. Hand uh, and in his glory, Mark 10 and 13. 
You know, we often ask God for something we are not, amen, ready or qualified to do. One wanted to sit on his right hand, another wanted to sit, amen, on his left. They wanted to be, amen, in God's presence no matter, amen, where Jesus was, they wanted to be there. But, amen, Jesus asked them, of course, are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? This is all we ate. But it's not given to me. It gives to you this. You can't earn this. You got to live this thing. Amen. To ask. You know, there are a lot of people in church. They want to, amen, be on the right side. Amen. Of the preacher. Or the left side. That means the righteousness of that entity. Amen. That is going forward. But they have they worked for it. Have they humbled themselves for it? Have they prayed for it? Listen, my time is out. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of God. You got to come before the Lord humble tonight. Are you putting the Lord first? This is Dr. Moore saying, My time is out. I love you until Another day come. Amen. Let's keep on lifting up the name of Jesus. Pray with me. Pray for me. Amen. Let's build the kingdom of Jesus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.